It's Sunday, April 22nd, and this is Simple Tech News. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, James Thomas, and this is Simple Tech News, the podcast where we discuss the top tech news and stories, offer up our thoughts and opinions, and ask you to chime in on the conversation via Twitter or right here on Anchor. You can follow us on Twitter at Simple Tech News and let us know what you're thinking using the hashtag Simple Tech News. Now, this week we have news from Amazon, Google, AMD, and Sega. Yes, that's right, Sega. And since I know you're all likely scratching your heads trying to figure out why we are talking about Sega in 2018, let's start there, shall we? Sega is jumping on the mini retro console bandwagon. Last week they announced that they will be releasing the Mega Drive Mini, a miniature version of the Mega Drive, aka the 16-bit Sega Genesis, sometime in 2018 to commemorate the console's upcoming 30th anniversary. Like the NES Classic and the SNES Classic from Nintendo, uh, the Mini, the Mega Drive Mini, will allow gamers to play a variety of preloaded games and will be released in Japan first, with the US and other territories coming later this year. There aren't many details other than that known in terms of the games available, but it would be hard to imagine the Sega Classics not being there. Uh, the company also recently licensed out a selection of its classic games for iOS and Android phones. Also, Switch owners will now be able to play as well. Sega announced that at least 15 games, including Sonic the Hedgehog, Fantasy Star, Thunder Force 4, will be released later this summer. From old tech to new tech, Amazon gave Alexa a potentially game-changing new ability. To complement the wealth of Alexa's built-in functions and third-party skills made by developers, Echo device owners can now build their own skills. Amazon is calling the new capability Alexa Blueprints, and Alexa Blueprints is a set of 20 skill templates that you can customize for your devices in your home. Most of the templates are just for fun. Uh, inspirations, for example, let you populate Alexa with a range of your favorite motivational quotes. Birthday trivia lets you input information about your household members, which are then which that information is then transformed into a quiz game. Some are perfect for kids and students, like the ability to create quizzes, flashcards, and aggregate facts on a particular topic. Others are designed for families with small children, so you can use Alexa to tell an interactive story complete with sound effects. Uh, but there's also an at-home section uh, with these skill templates, and in my opinion, this may prove to be the most important uh, in approving Alexa's overall utility. In this section, there are four options, custom Q&A, house guest, pet sitter, and babysitter. The last three all follow the same general template. A visitor, say, comes to your home and says, Alexa, open my pet sitter, for example, and then ask questions relating to the care of your pet, questions and answers that you pre-populate this skill with. Uh, you could use this to note where the dog's leash is kept or feeding times, emergency contact information such as a vet or doctor or neighbor. This capability could also prove especially useful uh, for Airbnb, hotels, rental hosts, they could use this skill to provide information to guests uh, that they need to know about the home, its amenities, the surrounding neighborhood, etc. In short, Echo owners now have more control over their digital assistants than ever before. It is one more step for Echo in its journey from digital assistant to personal 
assistant. And instead of relying on artificial intelligence to do all the heavy lifting, Amazon's actually put some of that control back into the user's hands. All in all, a good move by the team at Amazon. Next up, we have news from Team Red. That's right, AMD. AMD just released their second generation of Ryzen 5 and Ryzen 7 CPUs, and early reports are really good. Intel's competition just got stronger. A total of four new chips make up the second generation introduction, two eight-core CPUs, and two six-core chips. You know I love talking specs, so let's run down the list, starting with Ryzen 5. Ryzen 5 2600 is a six-core, 12-thread CPU with a clock speed of 3.4 gigahertz, boost clock of 3.9. It's got a 65-watt TEP, comes with the Wraith Stealth Cooler, and the price, 199. Moving up the list, we've got the Ryzen 5 2600X. Same, six core, 12 threads. The clock speed here starts at 3.6, boost to 4.2. It's a 95 watt TDP, comes with the Wraith Spire cooler, and the price is 229. Moving on up to Ryzen 7, we have the Ryzen 7 2700. This here has eight cores, 16 threads. The clock speed starts at 3.2, boost clock up to 4.1. And just like the Ryzen 5 2600, it is a 65 watt TDP. Comes with the Ray Spire LED cooler, and the price is $299. And then rounding it all out, we have the Ryzen 7 2700X. It's eight cores, 16 threads, with a 3.7 clock speed, 4.3 boost clock, 105 watt TDP. Wraith Prism LED cooler, it's their new cooler. And honestly, I think it's a damn good one and the price 329 now as i mentioned previously reports and benchmarks are definitely positive the one overclocker was actually able to get the 2700x past six gigahertz crazy stuff and i definitely recommend watching that video on youtube i'll have a link on our twitter page for sure but for all you pc fans this is great competition is always good and finally there is some solid cpu competition for intel that is clearly here to stay and not just staying but improving my personal rig it's based on the ryzen platform specifically the ryzen 3 1300x and i have nothing but great things to say about ryzen my pc has been able to handle every game that i've thrown at it video and, and podcast editing is a breeze Again, nothing but positive remarks on my end. Thumbs up to Team Red. Moving on, we have two stories by the folks at Google regarding messaging. First up, Gmail. Google revealed last week that it's planning to launch a new Gmail design in the coming weeks. The refresh design is for web users and brings things closer to the company's tweaks for Gmail on mobile devices. If you're interested in seeing what some of those changes will be, TheVerge.com obtained screenshots of the new Gmail design, which is, quote, currently being tested inside Google and with trusted partners. The new design includes some subtle elements of Google's material design and a number of new features that were originally introduced in Google's other email app, Inbox. Google is also implementing smart replies for Gmail on the web, the same feature from mobile Gmail that provides suggestions to quickly reply to emails. A new snooze feature also lets you temporarily remove emails from your inbox until a certain time so you can avoid certain email threads until you're ready to reply. Uh, snooze and smart reply are both currently a part of Google's inbox app for Gmail and both features are now making their way to the Gmail app on the web. Definitely a personal favorite 
and potentially the most useful feature coming, Gmail is getting a useful new sidebar. The new sidebar gives you the option of using Google's Calendar, the Google Keep note-taking app, or Google Tasks side-by-side -side with your email messages. The potential to improve productivity and efficiency while working on emails is one that I'm always seeking out, so I can't wait to try this one personally. Additionally, Google is providing three new layouts to choose from, including a default view that highlights attachments like documents and photos, a comfortable view that doesn't highlight those attachments, and then a compact uh, view, which increases the amount of messages you can see on a single page. Now, the compact view, it's the most similar to the existing Gmail design, which should allow some of your users to keep a similar layout. But none of the three views and UI changes are as radical as the inbox redesign that Google unveiled back in 2014. And it's really not clear where this new Gmail redesign leaves Inbox. Uh, but if you ask me, Inbox is a dead app walking for sure. But Google's now planning to make this new redesign available for G Suite and Gmail users in the coming weeks. And with Google's IO conference uh, right around the corner, uh, starting on May 8th in Mountain View, it's reasonable to assume that the new Gmail design will be a part of many announcements at that show. Lastly, sticking with Google and the team at Verge.com, chat is now Google's big fix for texting slash SMS. Now, it's no secret, regardless of whether you're an Android user or an Apple user who just loves making fun of all those green bubbles and iMessages, texting on Android, well, actually, more accurately, SMS as a whole is a horrible messaging experience. It sucks. Google has spent a decade Plus, trying to figure out and fix this issue. I mean, luckily for iPhone users, Apple likely saw this issue coming and jumped in early with iMessage. It's more likely that they just wanted access to all the data passing through their servers, but, but never mind that. iPhone users, you got iMessage, you're good. But instead of doing the obvious thing that users have been begging for for years, which is just make an iMessage clone, Google is trying to change the rules of the texting game on a global scale. Google has quietly and slowly over the past couple years been corralling every major cell phone carrier on the planet with AT&T and Verizon quietly just agreeing in the last few months, along with 11 OEMs, into adopting uh, technology to replace SMS altogether. It's going to be called Chat, and it's based on the standard called the Universal Profile for Rich Communication Services. Currently, SMS is the standard, the, the default, that everybody falls back to. So Google's goal is to make that default texting experience on an Android phone as good as modern messaging apps like WhatsApp, Facebook Messenger, and iMessage. To be clear, Google isn't building an iMessage clone that Android fans really are clamoring for, but it seems to have convinced carriers really into doing it for them. Now, this story is an exclusive for the Verge team, so the facts here and much more information about chat can be found on theverge.com. Here, we're just gonna go over some of the basics, but what will chat be? If it's not an iMessage clone, what is chat? Well, chat, it's not a new texting app. Instead, think of it more as like a new set of features inside the app already installed on most Android phones, and it will be automatically turned on inside Android Messages, the operating system's default app for texting. When people begin using chat, they'll get many of the features that are standard in other texting apps, including read receipts, uh, typing indicators, full resolution images and videos, and group text. But remember, chat is a carrier-based service, not a Google service. 
It's just chat, not Google chat. So this means messages don't pass through Google servers, which I'm sure will be marketed as a general security plus for those worried about big bad Google having all your data. Uh, but this also means that like SMS, chat won't be end-to-end -end encrypted and it will follow the same legal intercept standards, which in other words means it won't be as secure like iMessage or you know an app like Signal. But if you're texting somebody who doesn't have chat enabled or isn't an Android user, your messages will revert back to SMS much in the same way that iMessage does. And before you ask, nobody outside of Apple really knows if or when the iMessage uh, and, and the iMessage app and iPhone will support chat or RCS. Likely, ho hopefully, it comes very soon, but no one, no one really knows. So, like the new version of the Gmail app coming out soon, chat and Android messages will soon be adding a lot of features from an app that Google already released to solve some of those same problems. For chat, the app is Allo, and like Inbox, it's it's a dead app walking. Now, while Google is quote pausing investment on Allo, that doesn't mean it's shutting down. Google is, quote, continuing to support the product, but come on, it, it's, 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 it's gonna die soon. But the rollout of chat and RCS messaging, it's gonna be tough. It, it's, it's likely gonna be a little slow, but Google's goal here is to get this high level quality messaging to its users on Android within the next couple years, starting this year. Uh, starting this year in the United States, Sprint already supports chat. Um, right now between compatible Android phones, T-Mobile has promised to do uh, the same in Q2 of this year. And when asked for comment, neither Verizon or AT&T would give The Verge a timeline on when they intended to flip the support to chat, but things are looking up. For all users, especially Android users, messaging looks to be vastly improving in the coming years which will be a dream come true for many, myself included. I'm eagerly, eagerly waiting the future of texting. I hate SMS, it needs to die. RCS, chat for the win. Honorable mentions from this past weekend, weeks past, Mercedes will launch a car subscription service here in the US. Nest will provide 1 million thermostats to low-income homes as part of a new power project. IKEA released its first line of Bluetooth speakers. Microsoft Office 29 is killing off the OneNote desk app, desktop app in favor of the Windows 10 version. And Amazon has more than 100 million Prime subscribers. For more info on all those stories, head over to our Twitter page or just search Twitter for hashtag STN Honorable Mentions. But that's it. That's it for this episode of Simple Tech News. Sega, AMD, Google, Amazon, all making noise in the tech world these past few weeks. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, at Simple Tech News, and let us know, would you buy the Sega Mega Drive Mini? Also, are you looking forward to SMS going the way of the dinosaurs and RCS and chat becoming the new standard? Tweet at us, let us know using the hashtag Simple Tech News. Thank you all for listening and supporting the podcast. Make sure to favorite the podcast on Anchor or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you do not miss a single episode. Again, follow us on Twitter at Simple Tech News to get updates on all tech stories throughout the week. And lastly, be on the lookout for a new podcast format and YouTube channel coming soon. Once again, I'm James Thomas. This is Simple Tech News. Have a great weekend, great rest of your week, and we'll catch you all in the next episode. Take care.